trusting the process, embrace the grind, all mantras we've heard from coaches and other mentors about what we need to do, waiting our turn just to get better. Our next guest, Jack, has absolutely embodied that mantra. From winning region championships at Harris County to breaking records at Georgia Tech, this man has had quite the career and will go in depth. That's coming up next on your sidelines. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Hey, bringing in everybody. I'm sports director Rex Castillo. This is also joined by Jack Patterson. Thanks for joining us again, good brother. Hey, man. Before we get into our guests today, we're going to do our, of course, if you're new to the podcast, we do a t-shirt check. Jack, who are you rocking? I am rolling with the Borgard Hornets. Uh, new head coach Justin Jones getting ready to take over out there and looking for a lot of good things from that team. Uh, go, and, um, Class 5A over in Alabama, we're looking for a lot of good things from that team. You know, they've you know won a state championship a few years back. You know, who will ever forget that performance by LaDamian Webb in that state title game? So, you know, looking to see the Hornets have a bounce back season this year. That new coach does bring the juice, and I am rocking the Georgia Tech representing the Yellow Jackets. We will swarm together with our next guest. I love that. <laughs> there you go. You like that? Our historic quarterback and former Harris County Tiger, Taquan Marshall. Taquan, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Before we get into um, your incredible career in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd, it all started right here in West Georgia. So what was the first time you knew that you love football? Um, probably at a young age. I, I started playing football around four, but I remember specifically one Christmas, my parents uh, got me and my brother these like it was back in back in the day. It was like these Franklin helmets that had like the jerseys in, in the package. <laughs> love they it. got me and my brother one of those for Christmas, and I had Atlanta Falcons one. And um, then the, they that was probably when my passion really grew for football. But growing up, I mean, I love watching Mike Vick, mm-hmm. and that's probably what made me really fall in love with football. Just seeing him play at a high level, and then I just wanted to imitate that and really be the next Mike Vick. And I actually think I know those um, football get-ups that he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. Nice. Because I, I think my mom might have bought me one as a kid, too. <laughs> those things were slick. Those things were real yeah, slick. I loved them. I loved them. Absolutely, man. So, you know, growing up playing football, like, what did the game mean to you growing up? Um, I, I don't really – I couldn't really say that I knew what it meant to me then more than I do now then it was just fun like it was something I really just enjoyed doing like as a kid I I enjoyed going out there hitting people I enjoyed scoring touchdowns I was super competitive my mom used to tell me that I always cried every time we lost or if we lost or if then something go right something didn't go right I would always cry um and she just she used to tell me you got to learn how to lose too and I'm like no mom I'm not a loser (laughs) like I I only like to win but I was just super competitive I I just really enjoyed playing football like I, I don't think it really had any meaning to me um, back then or at a, at a younger age. Now, you said that you watched a ton of Mike Vick. A lot of us, you know, remember the heyday of Mike Vick with the Falcons, the the Mike Vick experience commercial to the shoes to just, uh, just destroying people. Do you have a, a certain memory of Mike Vick or a favorite game that you watched of him? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a specific game, but just, him, just seeing what he did while being in Atlanta, I mean, from just throwing the ball flat-footed on a rope, 60-yard, <laughs> um, running backwards 20 yards and making people miss and then scoring a touchdown, running across the field, 
Um, you know, everybody knew Mike Vick was famous for having the ball in his left hand, just swinging it with the laces in his hands. I, I mean, that's what he was really known for. Like, and he hardly ever fumbled. That was the crazy thing. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily have one specific moment, but just watching him dominate the game was just, it was amazing. Absolutely. And for me, the Minnesota overtime touchdown game winner, but you know, that's the thing, but when you, as you grew up, you know, when did you kind of feel, you know, start falling in love with being a quarterback? Um, well, I didn't really know anything else different. So, uh, (laughs) My dad coached me from a young age, and I, I had always played quarterback. But I really, I feel like I really bought in to quarterback probably going into my freshman year because that's really when I started going to, like, quarterback camps mm-hmm. just to learn more quarterback mechanics because I was a baseball player playing quarterback. Gosh. Like, my release was really long. Um, I threw the football just like I threw a baseball. So that transition period from baseball to football just – trying to get my spiral down and all that was really tough for me just because I had played baseball year round. So transitioning to football, um, just my release and all that was, it was always difficult, but I feel like I kind of honed in on the quarterback position. My freshman year just tried to learn a little bit more mechanically was the quarterback position and just try to understand things more on an IQ level that way too. Well, the quarterback thing seems like it worked out at Harris County High School for sure. What was it like oh, yeah. playing for the Tigers in Hamilton? That fan base, every time we go out there to this day, it's one of the most exciting electric uh, fan bases in our DMA, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I mean, it's it was it's to, honestly, I tell all like my friends that aren't from like small towns or I was like, if it's the true definition of Friday Night Lights, like that's the only thing that went on on Friday nights. I was, I tell them all the time. I'm like, we're in the country, bro. Like our stadium <laughs> is the drop of our stadium is mountains. You'll get you a nice little sunset. Um, and it's packed out. People tailgate all the time, all, every Friday night. I mean, the lines to get into the games are super long. I'm like if you, if you want a true definition of Friday night lights, I mean, we, we had it. So I really enjoyed playing under that. And then plus I played with a lot of those guys for, my whole life, honestly. I mean, I played against some of them in rec league, but in middle school, we all played together, and then we just all transitioned to high school and played with the same guys. And, then, of course, you play with guys that come in later on, but it's it's a huge family atmosphere. So it was awesome being able to play in Harris County. And that backfield, Jack, was something serious. Yeah, I've gotten a bear witness to that backfield. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your time playing at Harris County and you you shared the backfield with Tay Crowder and you guys were kind of like a dynamic duo. What was it? What was the chemistry like between you two? Oh man, we're like, we're best friends. We're, we're, we're brothers. Basically. Uh, I love Tay. I still, I talk to Tay all the time now. I ain't, nothing's changed between me and him, but in high school, I mean, we just, we were both competitors. We like winning. So whatever it took to win, that's what we did. Um, and we still talk about it to this day, how much fun we had playing together. And we wish we would have played with each other in college um, that's one of the things that if, if either one of him or I regret, we wish we could have uh, continued to play with each other in college because that would have been really fun. But, um, I mean, when you got somebody back that back there like that, it ain't too much. Uh, that, I mean, that's the best you could really ask for. You're going to be able to do things that you want to do, and he's going to be able to do things that he wants to do because at the end of the day, both of you want to win, and you're going to do whatever it takes to help your team out. So that's kind of the way we looked at it. We were never really big eye guys. Mm-hmm. We were we were all about the team. So, um, if if the team wanted them 
like if they wanted us to put them on our backs, we would. If not, we we didn't mind sharing love. We we always show love to our teammates, shared the ball. Um, so it was fun. I mean, playing with Tay was played with him growing up, so it, it didn't really change. We just both got bigger and our skill sets got better. Both of you went on to play Power 5 football. How did playing in West Georgia and playing Harris County prepare you to play at, uh, at a level of football like that? I mean, Tay had a great career in the SEC with Georgia. You had an amazing career in the ACC with Georgia Tech. How did playing in Harris County prepare you guys for that? I mean, I think we just built a work ethic from the time we got in freshman year. I mean, we were, we were lucky and fortunate enough when we came in freshman year to play varsity football. And a lot of freshmen can't say they can do that, or a lot of freshmen aren't able to come in and play varsity football right off the bat. I mean, you're playing against, at that time, grown men that you consider. I mean, they're 16, 17, 18-year-olds. You're 14, 15, you know, transitioning into high school, and these dudes are huge. They run faster than you. They know the game a little bit better than you. So just making that transition was tough. But the the guys that were there when we first transitioned, I mean, they instilled hard work, even though we already had a little bit of work ethic in us. But just that grind and the work ethic, it definitely helped to get me to Georgia Tech, I guess you could say. So one of the things I remember fondly about uh, your your career at Harris County was – that region title game you got, you had your senior year against Carver at Memorial Stadium. You know, you guys were kind of the underdogs going to that game. You know, Carver was the powerhouse. And, you know, you guys took it to them that night and won. I, it, I think it was the first region title in school history for Harris County. You know, knowing that you're a part of – you know, a record-setting team at Harris County, and that's part of your legacy there. You know, how does it – what do you – when you look back on it, how, is it, how do you feel about your legacy at Harris County? Well, well, first off, I'm, I'm going to correct you a little bit because we got a region championship my sophomore year, which Thank was you. our first – was the that was the 20 – it might have been the 2013 season, but – we did, we did break some records, but back to your question. I, I ain't trying to, you hey, know. No, we got to get the resume right. Hey, it's listen, all good. Listen. We got to get the resume right. You guys put in the work. Exactly. Please correct me. I'm not trying to shortchange <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I hope my legacy there left was that, you know, that I was a team guy, that I had the utmost character. Um, I mean, the, the records and the, the – seasons that we had um the things that we were able to accomplish they speak for themselves like that'll that'll forever be there but for me it's always been about um being perceived well not necessarily being perceived but people knowing me as not just a football player who could go out there on the field and do x y and z but to be the person who had the character who who, you know who always talked to people who was never really big-headed humble um that's kind of the the legacy that i hoped i left behind at Harris County um, and that I wanted to leave behind at Harris County. In that, in that region too, I think in that game, you played against Puma pass, a, another guy who went on to go play in the ACC and in a situation where iron sharpens iron, the competition in this area is something serious. I mean, did that help you also develop uh, a competitive edge to take to the next level? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I've always been competitive. So if someone, if there's, you know, you know, you have your analysts and other people out there saying, you know, well, this guy's the best and this guy's really good and he might be the best in this position and X, Y, and Z. Um, of course, I mean, I try not to look at media too much, but you hear it, you see it. <laughs> but you just go out there and you want to prove those people wrong. So 
just having that chip on your shoulder always it it always helped me. Absolutely. Now I remember. So, what was it like going through the recruiting process? You know, you were one of the kind of big talents. You know, that was coming up your in your class. You were one of the bigger talents in our area coming up. What was the recruiting process like, and what eventually led you to Georgia Tech? It was fun. I mean, it's one of those processes when you're young. Um, you don't really, I guess. I enjoyed it, but I don't think a lot of kids enjoy it the way they should just because it can be so stressful. I mean, you're young, making a decision that's going to change your life for the next four years, four to 40 years. It's a decision that can change everything. So it's a it's a lot of thought that goes into it. It can be a lot of stress that goes into it, but it's also very fun. I mean, you get to travel and see all these campuses. You get to meet these different coaches. You get to see these different facilities. You get to, you know, experience – a little bit, a little taste of what college is like on that, on that scale of things, not really necessarily academic side, but you see on the football side of things. So um, in that sense, I mean, it was very fun. I mean, me and my parents love traveling. Um, so we, it was nothing for us to hop in the car and make a road trip and go see, you know, schools there in North Carolina, West Virginia, um, Ohio. We've been to Alabama, Florida, you know, Tennessee, South Carolina. I mean, it, it, so many schools in, in a short amount of time, but I really enjoyed the process. And then ultimately for me, it was about, for me, it was about education for one. And then secondly, it was about me being able to play. Like I wasn't going to go anywhere where I was going to be, you know, sitting on the sidelines. For me, I said, you know, my freshman year, I want to, my goal was to come in and be able to play early. So I tried to narrow down to schools that I would be able to go in and play early. And that's what led to, you know, the five schools that I had in my final. And then it it, ultimately came down to two schools that I really enjoyed being at. I'm a Southern boy. So man, going up North was a little tough. It was cold on my visit. So I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I can really go up North and play. It's, it's, it's too cold. But one of the schools was in North Carolina, Duke. My final two schools I chose from were Duke and Georgia Tech. And um, Duke wanted me to play defensive back. And I kind of came to a decision that I wanted to be on the offensive side of the ball. And Georgia Tech was going to give me an opportunity on the offensive side of the ball playing A-back at the time. So that's kind of the, the direction I went. And I knew that at the end of the day, I wasn't making a decision for the next four years. I was going to be making a decision for the next 40 years. So I knew education-wise, Georgia Tech was probably going to put me possibly in a better situation since it's in the middle of Atlanta, in the middle of the city. You're going to have those connections. So, I, of course, I looked at that, and and that's basically what led me led me to go to Georgia Tech. And uh, one big thing that I've always noticed with you, even from high school all the way to now, is your focus that you put on education. And, you know, I, you know, one of the big things that was, uh, you know, hyped about you when you were coming out of high school was the GPA that you had and how seriously you took your studies. And then obviously you did continue that at Georgia Tech. You know, what kind of created your focus, you know, your focus and your work ethic when it came to your education? Well, for one, my parents didn't really, they didn't play about grades. So mm-hmm. that, that was part of it. But I mean, like I said, I'm competitive. So for me, it was one of those competitive things. I didn't want people in my in my class to have better grades than me when it came down to certain stuff. So even in high school, like me and some of my boys, we would 
basically I have competitions with grades, like who could get the highest grade on the test, the highest grade on the, on the quiz. So that's kind of how that was instilled competitive nature. And then my parents, but also, I mean, my mom always instilled in me that, you know, education is one of those things nobody can take away from you. So you should really take pride in your education because it can take you a long ways. That's awesome to hear, man, because, again, student-athlete, yes. student comes first. But Bingo. as an athlete, you get to start at ABAC, play a few games uh, in 2015. What was it like when they tapped you on the shoulder and told you to go in to the game and you're starting an ACC, you're, you're playing in an ACC game as a, as a freshman for Georgia Tech? Oh, man, it was it was insane. I'll never forget it. We played a Thursday night game against Alcorn State um, under the lights, 730. My first <laughs> first. And it was just dope just being able to, you know, get on the bus, um, go to the hotel, have the police escort, you know, stuff that you're not really, you know, accustomed to yet. You know, the guys that have been there, they're used to, you know, hopping on the bus. The police escort you to the hotel and then police escort you to the stadium, walking down Jacket Alley. It was all stuff that was new to me, so – just, you know, the hype of it, just the feeling, still get the same butterflies that I got in high school, um, you know, walking down, seeing all the fans, they know your name, um, seeing my parents at, at Jacket Alley and then going to the stadium, seeing your, your jersey with your pads and your pants, just, you know, having just finally saying like, wow, like this is really a dream come true. Like it's a dream come true when you sign that that uh, national letter of intent, but when you actually get to the games and you get to play in a game on the stadium that you've been practicing in, it's just like, wow, this really, this dream really has come true. So it was an awesome experience. I mean, I really, of course I made some mistakes as a freshman and, you know, I was learning along the way, but I really enjoyed myself. Like being, being a true freshman, being able to play in nine games as a, you know, uh, in the 2015 season with the team that just came off of an orange bowl. So, it was it was definitely awesome. So, you know, you mentioned that you you know were playing a lot as a freshman. Walk us in through your first time walking into Bobby Dodd Stadium. Oh man, the lights were on. It the the field was painted. It, the grass was that pretty green that you love to see during football season. Uh, and all you can do is just look up and just look around and look at all the seats that are that are in there and you're like wow this is this is insane and that's kind of what I did every stadium I played in or every time I stepped on the field I just made sure I looked around and just saw everything um, and embraced it because sometimes you just never know when it's going to be taken away from you and that'll be your last time walking into a stadium and and being able to make that 360 turn and, and see everything around you. Now besides Bobby Dodd what's another place that you know you really enjoy playing at? My top two definitely got to be um, Death Valley with Clemson. I'm, I mean, I think everybody yeah. that plays at mm-hmm. Valley will say that. And then my next will have to be um, Virginia Tech. Oh, I mean, I've heard, I've heard yes. that. It's insane there. They're, they're – I can't even explain. I mean, when they, when they play Sandman, when you're com- they're coming out the tunnel, it is probably one of the loudest places I've been to playing-wise. It's probably, it's probably the loudest place. I've been to, and it's it's one of those you got to be there, be there to know. Um, but I love I love playing at Virginia Tech, even though both the both times I went there, I didn't play my sophomore year, I didn't play, and then my senior year I was hurt, so I didn't get an opportunity to play there. 
But uh, just being in the stadium, the atmosphere, the fans talking to you on the sideline, talking junk to you, because they're literally right there. Um, one of their key things they did was they on third downs, um, when when the, our offense is on the field, they would have their keys out and they would say it's a key third down, and everybody in the stands would just start jingling their keys. Oh, wow, man, it's insane there. But yeah, that's probably those two are probably the top two. Um, and then of course you, I played Notre Dame legendary stadium being able to see touchdown jesus um playing i played in athens where you could you couldn't hear anything and then all of a sudden you can hear a pin drop um so i played it i played it some pretty some pretty incredible places honestly Jack, I got some goosebumps over him just describing that. that that's, Listen, I've, that's pretty I've, incredible. I've seen that Virginia Tech intro that he's talking it's about. It's insane. And the only, like, playing Inner Sandman, there's two times where playing Inner Sandman gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Actually, three. One is with Mariano Rivera. Others, that's a problem. The Sandman and wrestling. And yeah. then the third is Virginia Tech because <laughs> it is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's insane. I, and all everybody's jumping. They're waving the white mm-hmm. towels. I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, I would I would go back there just to watch a game, just because it's 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 that cool. Well, uh, Taquan, going through your career, 2016, you take a step back. Even though you, you are listed as a quarterback, you go you're listed as third string. But then, how did you use that time to prepare you and pretty much set you up for a really incredible 2017? I really just sat back and, I mean, it's frustrating when you go from playing in nine games to going to spring ball thinking, you know, this is going to be the year where I can really elevate my game and showcase what I can do and say, hey, we want to move you to quarterback. And I'm like, huh? I don't know. I'm getting real comfortable at the position, the position I'm at. But then my first practice, first practice out, spring ball, playing quarterback, it just brought back so many memories of me playing ball in high school, playing quarterback, just having the ball in my hands and then, like I was, I was able to showcase my ability during spring, and my teammates were like, "Yo, like, yo, you can really play." I'm like, "I know. I just hadn't been able to showcase it yet. Like, it it was coming, but just um, I sat, I sat behind another legend at Georgia Tech, um, Justin Thomas. I mean, he did some incredible number numbers there. Just being able to learn from him, and then I was actually able to grasp the offense differently at at quarterback. So I was learning everything there. Um, and then coming from a back, it was a little bit easier since I already knew kind of the gist, but learning from him, just being in the quarterback meeting room and learning from coach Johnson and then just having time to just really sit, watch, watch tape, and then actually go out and just put it, put it on, put it on the field. Um, that's kind of what prepared me. And then going into my junior year, I just kept my head down and worked hard. Because a lot of people could see like third string on their on the roster name or official title and get really bummed out. I, again, I'm super impressed that like you just really embrace that opportunity. Like, okay, I'm just gonna get better. And it sounds like you were really thankful for that opportunity to learn from guys like Justin. And that just oh, yeah. did that absolutely just like a key, was that a key to your 2017 and 18? Yeah, him him and um him and um Matt Jordan they both they both took me under their wing and they taught me basically everything they knew and. That really my sophomore year, honestly, you could almost basically say it was like a red shirt year for me, even though I played in two games and I, I technically d- didn't get the red shirt, but it was one of those red shirt years where you you travel. Uh, I enjoyed all the, you know, the team meals and, you know, chopping it up. It, 
you know, going to the bowl game and things like that. But they, I would, I mean, I would, I would give all the credit to them because they, they brought me under their wings. They taught me everything. And then I would even go in extra and meet with some coaches. Uh, Tevin Washington, who's also a legend at GT, he was GA and at the time, me and him would go into the film room and he would teach me everything he knew uh, during the summers. I was like, Tev, I got to do whatever it takes to win this starting job. So that means we got to come in two or three times a week, go over film study, and you let me know, you know, whatever I got to do, I'm, I'm willing to do it. So I did all of that plus um, that going into that year. But I would definitely give them a lot of the credit for just taking me under their wing and teaching me everything they knew. So let's fast forward to that 2017 season, man. You know, what was going through your mind when they told you that you were going to be the starting QB? Oh, uh, man, it was crazy. I, I just I just thought, man, all the hard work I've been putting in, it's finally paying off. Um, took a whole – basically took a whole year off. Didn't really play that much to, you know, have an opportunity to play Mercedes-Benz. And that was, that was one of the things that was on the back of my mind the whole offseason when we were competing for the job. I'm like – when we open up in Mercedes-Benz, I want to be the guy that, that's taking snaps. I want to make sure I'm the guy that's taking snaps. So I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever I got to do in practice. If I got to take 30 hits in practice, I'll take 30 hits in practice <laughs> during the session to be able to strap it up with my teammates who've also been working hard all offseason um, for that for that season opener. But, man, it was, it was crazy. I remember my coach came – my position coach, he was doing bed check that night during camp, and he – he called me. I was like, "Hey, hey, uh, TQ, I want to talk to you." He's like, um, "He's like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be the guy." He's like, "So tomorrow, I won't, you know, you're gonna take all the reps with the ones X, Y, and Z." I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Man, I appreciate it, Coach." I was like, "You know, what I'm saying I ain't gonna let y'all down. Like, we we gonna go do this thing." And then your first eleven games, absolutely crazy. Uh, what I was looking at some of these numbers: one thousand one hundred forty-six rushing yards. 12th in school history and just you're setting records left and right 17 rushing touchdowns against Tennessee you had five touchdowns on 44 I mean these are fantasy football numbers that are just crazy what at what point was it like you really found a rhythm and you're just like okay this is this is something special the third series in the Tennessee game (laughs) one after after the first two because I'm I'm a lot of people don't like to admit that they get nervous, but I get nervous. I'm in the tunnel, and I'm, I'm my butterflies are in my, my stomach's knotting up. I'm like, man, I, I need something. But after the first series, it was a quick three and out. I got I got roughed up a little bit. Come to the sideline, I'm like, okay, these these boys can, these boys can run. These boys <laughs> flying, they flying around. Then the second series, you know, we got a little bit of success and. But the third series, it was like okay, like I'm we're in we're in the game. Like it, this ain't nothing I haven't done before. I've been playing football my whole life. They put on their cleats and their pants and their pads just like I did. It's time to go to work. And then after that, everything just everything just started rolling. Honestly, like it wasn't anything special that I'd done. Like I just went out there and I was having fun. That's literally what it was. I was just having fun, just playing ball. And let's talk about that Tennessee game because man, that game was absolutely bonkers and it was kind of your coming out party to the nation so do you have any like specific memories of that game because you know that that was really when everybody started to figure out like you know who is Taquan and you know their like first introduction to you 
Yeah, I, I remember um, we were keeping we were keeping under wraps who the starter was going to be. Like Paul Johnson wasn't releasing it; the, the media was asking. Um, and I remember my teammate um, Lawrence Austin had went to the Chick Fil A kickoff game with Florida State and Alabama, and Kurt uh, Herbstreit was there, and he was like, he talked to Kurt, and he was like, Kurt was like, yeah, who's the quarterback going to be? He was like, and he was just telling me it was going to be me. He was like, keep it under wraps. But he's like, just just wait. But for me, I mean, the night before I had lost my voice. Um, they have a voice going into the game. I was super nervous at the hotel all day. It's one of those when it's an eight o'clock game, you're at the hotel all day, you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do. You're trying to figure out if you're gonna eat a lot of food, if you're not gonna eat a lot of food. It's just a lot of stuff going on that and in my head I'm like, Who's gonna be sold out? Everybody's gonna be watching. I told all my boys, I say, Y'all better be watching now. I'm gonna put on the show. <laughs> of course, in the back of my it wasn't going to be, it, you know, not any insane numbers, but I was just going to go out there and ball out. But, you know, I'm going to tell them, like, bro, I'm going to put on the show, like, be watching. And little did I know, I didn't expect to carry the ball 44 times, have, you know, 249 yards rushing and five touchdowns. It just kind of happened. I feel like Coach Johnson just kind of saw me in a rhythm and kept feeding me. I mean, talk about a show. You had to refill the popcorn to see Taquan put on a show against exactly. Tennessee that night. I think I was looking back, it was like three records in one game. Now, as an option quarterback, that's not an easy thing for our fan to understand. But for you, what's it like when you run a play and you completely confuse the defense? They're all going right, and it's just a wide-open hole left. Is that one of the best oh, feelings? It's lovely. I mean, <laughs> all, you, all you can do is have big eyes and be like, wow, I need to get through this hole right now. And that's what you do. But, yeah, it's lovely when everything is working the, the exact same way you want it to or the exact same way you drew it up on the board on the sideline or saw it in film. When you see that, it's just – you just get a big grin. You're like, man, this is going to be a long day for them. <laughs> oh, man. Any man. favorite memories from that 2017 season? Um, 2017 season, I mean, the Tennessee game, it'll, it'll forever be there. Sure. It'll, it'll forever be there. Um, that's the game that – for sure changed my career, changed my life. Uh, it changed everything. Um, let me see. Man, I had a mean spin move against uh, Pittsburgh. Ooh. That. Oh, my goodness. And if I had a score, I'm pretty sure it would have probably been on ESPN's top ten. It was that nasty. <laughs> uh, let me see. What else from that season? Uh, I, I don't really have anything in, in particular. I mean – Probably, oh, man, a homecoming. I'm pretty sure it was homecoming against Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that game was crazy. That's probably one of my favorite games, too. Uh, night game and Bobby Dodd. Wake Forest. I know we were down like 14 at halftime or something. Next thing you know, the same play I scored on the week before against Virginia coming out of the half, the very first play, Coach Johnson called the same play coming out of the half against Wake Forest and scored on the very first play. And then to seal the game, he called the same play, and it worked for it again to seal the game. Wow. Just kind of a, like, <laughs> stuff it down their throat kind of thing. That's awesome. It's like, you know what I'm running, try to stop it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's we did we did that a lot. Teams knew what we were going to be running, but they just couldn't stop it. Hey, man, that's something about the option offense. And we, we've talked a little bit about it, but playing under Coach Johnson – what was that like? Because he's one of the, you know, the unique offensive minds in college football in this generation. 
Yeah, he's super smart. I mean, any coach that doesn't have a call sheet and that can stand on the sideline, he stands a little bit angled so he can see basically how the defense is moving and how, you know, they're rotating, how they're slanting up front. Anybody who can see that from the sideline, talk up to the box and say, hey, are you seeing this? Because this is what I'm seeing. And they agree. And then he calls the play off the top of his head based off of what they're doing. I mean, it ain't too many coaches out there that can do that. that, And that's just – the God honest truth, but I mean, he's coach Johnson's coach Johnson. I mean, he's going to keep it uh, blunt and honest, which is, I like it that way. Uh, he's going to crack some jokes. I mean, he's a cool guy. I mean, I, I enjoy being around coach Johnson. He, he was always, and he always looked out like he was, he was one of them coaches. He's going to look out for his players. Did that trip you out? Because like, I, I, I now I didn't, I guess I just learned something that Paul Johnson yeah. would call plays I, off the top of his head. I did not know that. In a complicated offense. So when you first realized that, did that kind of trip you out? Um, once he started explaining the offense to me, not really. And plus he had been running it for so long <laughs> mm-hmm. that I knew I, he's really smart. He's really smart. So it didn't surprise me. Wow. So heading into 2018, you build off that momentum yet again. You have all that momentum from 17. How did, how did you approach that offseason getting ready for 18 with a brand new confidence? And did you just feel completely command of the offense that uh, in that offseason yeah, heading into it? It was good to actually know that I was the guy going mm. into 2018. Like, it wasn't really too much stress. Not that I had stress the, the year before, but it wasn't too much stress. But I did put a lot of pressure on myself. But that offseason, the only thing I really focused on was putting on more weight. I played my junior year probably about a buck a buck seventy six, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, "I don't know how you did that." And I'm like, yeah, "I don't know either." <laughs> Spin but moves and stuff. My my main focus is really just putting on weight, um, but I put a lot of pressure on myself just because I I know how it is. There's an expectation that everyone else has, and I have the same expectation times ten. So going into the season and I, I I heard all the critics mm. I heard all the critics say well you know he doesn't he doesn't do this good or he doesn't do that good We're going to offseason like okay well those are the things I'm gonna work on because obviously I know I didn't do that good at it last year it's not that I can't do it it's just something that I need to focus more on it's something I need to work on so that's what I did and that's what I tried to do going into the 2018 season so going into that 2018 season your senior year at Georgia Tech you know expectations were kind of up there for you guys. You know, what was your kind of like, what was your focus going into that year? Honestly, I wanted to win AC championship game or I wanted to go to the ACC championship game because it had been a while since tech had been back since, been since 2014, since we went back and we had been probably one game off for two years. We were one game away from going to the AC championship game. We would lose a game that we needed to win. And if we had to won that game, we would have went to the AC championship game. So that was honestly the biggest goal. I'm like, I know I want to go to a bowl game, but that's a given. Everybody wants to go to a bowl game. But I want to go to the AC championship game. That I wanted to be the quarterback that took Georgia Tech back to the AC championship game since 2014. So that was really the biggest thing on my mind. And once again, in 2018, we were one game away. Or it was either one or two, maybe two games, but I'm pretty sure it might have been one game away from going to the AC championship game. Well, one of those games in that season was against Louisville, and you run into a familiar face yet again in Puma mm-hmm. playing for Louisville. Before the game starts off, two West Georgia guys who played in the same region, who played on, who played against each other in high school, what was it like looking across the field and seeing a guy from Carver about to take on a guy from Harris County again? Oh, man, it was awesome just being able to, you know, see that, you know, his dreams are coming true as well. 
as far as, you know, playing power five, but also being able to start, you know, and fill some big shoes. Uh, cause right. he has, he has some bigger shoes to fill than I did, but, um, it's just awesome being able to see him out, get out there and just do his thing. And you went off. You went off against Louisville. I mean, you think you won ACC quarter, uh, quarterback of the week, 23 rushing attempts, 175 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Did it feel good to get that win against Puma and Louisville? Yeah, it definitely did, especially being at Louisville. I mean, everybody knows when the, the first thing you think of when you think of Louisville is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So it was just dope being there and, like, this is the field Lamar Jackson played on. This is this the field he shredded. I mean, literally shredded team. So it was like it was awesome being there, but at the same time, you know, having a Carver guy over there, someone you played against in in high school, just being able to get another team win, uh, it it was it was fun. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory's a little fuzzy here, but you were also part of the team that went into Athens and beat Georgia, you know, in the last game of the season, and I think that was the um, year that. Uh, might have been Kirby's first year, if I'm not mistaken. It may have been Kirby's first year, but yes, that was my that was my sophomore year oh, right when on. I was on Justin and, and and Matt. But yeah, that was my man. That was the most crazy thing ever. And the crazy thing is, we went on a run, like we had lost right before the bye week. So you know, we were on we were in that in that position where you're like, okay. We either gonna win these games so we can get to a good bowl game, or we're gonna not go bowling. And so that's the position. After the bye week, you're either ahead of the eight ball, close to the eight ball, or you're behind the eight ball. And we were that team that was kind of a little bit behind the eight ball. So we ended up winning like the next five out of six games, and then went on to a good bowl game. But it was crazy. And with UGA being, you know, that rivalry game, you know, after Thanksgiving. And then being able to go to UGA, oh, man, it was insane. And what was it like pulling out the win, you know, in Sanford? You know, obviously you got 93,000 going crazy against you, and you were you silencing the crowd. You could hear a pin drop. That's how quiet it got. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Like it, that's, that's probably the quietest I've ever heard a stadium just because of the shock and disbelief they were in because it's, it's funny. And sometimes you wonder what, you know, coaches are thinking nothing, nothing against Kirby. Uh, Cause Kirby's one of Kirby's one of my guys. He recruited me a little bit when he was at Bama, but they had, they had a two possession lead. So at that point we were like, you know, they had a two possession lead or they had a possession lead at the time and they were throwing the ball and like they were throwing the ball and they were gashing us with Nick Chubb and Sony. They were gashing us. And I'm like, and then we come out, and they got Jacob Eason back there, and I see they throw the ball, and I'm like, these guys are throwing the football. And we ended up jumping around, picking it off. Or it was tip, uh, it was a tip pick, one of the two, but that right there just changed the whole momentum of the game. We go down and score, and then the rest was history. Man, what is it like being the bad guy in Athens? I mean, that, that rivalry is something oh, insane. It's one of those things where you can you can talk jump for a whole 365 days, and it is a lovely feeling. It's a lovely <laughs> feeling. I still I go back and forth with my UGA guys now. Uh, they they all they always talk about well you know I've only lost this amount of times at GT, and I'm like well I don't really care about that, but we did beat y'all in Athens. 
So do you hold that over Tay a little bit every every chance you oh, get? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Him and him and Jordan both. Him and Jordan yeah. both. <laughs> so but uh, sharing that field now with with um and then insane rivalry with a guy you consider your brother who you shared a backfield with. Did you ever just take a moment and just like oh my gosh, we we are now part of this incredible rivalry and we grew up together yeah. in the same town. Yeah, it was, it was awesome our, our senior year. I mean, both going into the game, we both knew we'd be playing. Um and just being it, it, it was kind of laughable like we'd kind of be kind of giving each other smirk i'd be up under center obviously i see him right across the ball straight in front of me i kind of give him a smirk but yeah he got me he got me a couple times but at the end of the game you know it's, it was all love because we're family uh and it's just dope you know we got to chop it up on the field and you know kind of just laugh by me like yeah man we we made it like we, we we got to fill out one of our you know accomplishments and and it was fun so Throughout your uh, tech career, you one of the cool things you get to do is go bowling. Mm-hmm. So for the average fan who may not get to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff and everything, what is it like playing in a bowl game and, you know, going to the swag shops and all that good stuff? It's fun, man. It's almost like a mini vacation, honestly. It's a business trip, but it's like a mini vacation. Like, you put in all the hard work from January to however long you end up playing. Some guys that go to the Natty, they play from January to January. Um, so, but it's fun. I mean, you get that sixth game and in the locker room, it's crazy. You're rolling your helmet like it's a bowling pin or I'm in a bowling ball. You're saying you're going bowling and then, you know, going to the bowl game, depending where you're at. I mean, honestly, it is, it's, it's a, it's a big vacation that, that turns into a business trip. Like you're there for ball, but you know, you get to get, you're there for so long for a week's time, most of the time, or a little bit less than a week that you really get to actually enjoy yourself, get off your feet relax. Um, I know my sophomore year, we went down to Jacksonville and it was, I mean, the weather was beautiful, although it is very humid down there, but the mm-hmm. weather was beautiful. Um, so we got to do it. We stayed on a million islands. So we got to do a lot of things around the island, eat good. The first night there we had lobster tails, we had steak, you know, crab legs, shrimp, sausage, all types of stuff. Like you eat good, you know, you get your, your bowl, your bowl gifts, you get your sweet, you get to go in there and pick what you get. You get some gift cards. A lot of times you get, it helps you with Christmas, you know, Christmas presents that you buy for your family. So, I mean, it's definitely a dope experience. And then plus all the boys that you've been with all season, you get to, you know, strap it up with them one more time, the seniors, um, and kind of just enjoy that time together. Well, I'm hungry now, Jack. Descri- him describing all that meal. I was going to say, like, you kidding me? Now, oh, yeah, man, <laughs> we were eating we good. Coach Johnson always, we were eating good. So uh, you brought it up just right there that this bowl games, some people may, you know, set out because they have, you know, other aspirations or whatever. But for a lot, for a majority of, of seniors out there, these bowl games, whether they're in the playoff or not, they mean so much to teams who do get to go bowling. And for a lot of underclassmen to play for those seniors, is that what the environment is like? Because, you know, the fans may go like, oh, they don't care. It's not a playoff game. But it, it seems like everyone takes it seriously if you're involved in it. Yeah, for um, honestly, in my experience with it, I mean, everybody's pretty locked in. I mean, I guess you could say some of the younger guys that aren't playing, they might not be as locked in. But um, for the most part, everybody's playing for the seniors. Um, you want to try to go out there and do whatever you can to make sure the seniors end on a good note. So uh, I know there's a lot of people that sit out for good reasons. Uh, some Sometimes fans don't understand. Mm. I mean, it's it's about being able to take care uh, of your family. And if, if that means sitting out because you don't want to get injured and your draft stock may go down, then that's, that's what you got to do. I mean, I, I understand it. 
I've been in I've been in their position. So because um, a lot of I, I've seen guys get hurt in bowl games and it hurt their draft stock. I totally understand that, man. So as we wrap up your Georgia Tech career, man, what's the biggest memory you're going to take away from your time as a Yellow Jacket? Man, the fans, just you know, we had some loyal fans. Uh, just being in being in Bobby Dodd, the historic stadium, um, my teammates, man, just being around those guys all the time. Even though sometimes, you know, it can, it gets old, when you're like, man, I see y'all every day, but you you take it for granted when you're not there anymore. And you know, just being around a, a lot of great guys, the friendships that I built, the bonds that I created, the people that I met, um, playing big time football, playing in some big time games. You know, some memories that I'll be able to share with my children um, sometime down the line that, you know, they'll never go away. So it's it's definitely – I'm glad I went to Georgia Tech. Um, I really appreciated my time there for sure. What was the favorite tradition you had uh, – Georgia Tech has uh, for a football game? Favorite tradition? I mean, the rambling reg, that's, that's a tradition that will never get old. I mean, that's been going on for forever. So that's probably one of my favorites, the Rambling Wreck. And as you got ready, I think I was there at your pro day where you had to transition to a different position. And I just thought that was incredibly like self-awareness and selfless of you to, to make, you know, make sure that you could, you could make that happen. What was it like pre- prepping as a, a wide receiver for your pro day? It was different. I was, a, I learned a lot. Like I had played a little receiver in high school and stuff, but it's, it's, it's at a different level. So um, I definitely learned a lot. I I was still learning a lot a couple years after I played, um, but it was fun. Like, I mean, I got to be an athlete again. It was, I made that decision because I said, I don't want to limit myself. You know, I've, I've done more things before. So why would I limit myself when I know that if I can play three positions and someone else can play one, they'd be more likely to take me because I can do all three and they're only paying one. Um, so that's that's kind of the way I looked at it, but it was a fun process just getting ready for it. So the process after you you know getting ready for that upcoming year, you know, trying to get you know get into the um draft and everything. What was that process like? You know, staying in shape. You know, talking with teams, working out with teams, and that nature. It's tough. I mean, you literally just training. You really train for an extended amount of time, and it's like, well, I just want, I just want to get back to ball. Because in college, I mean, you know you're going to train for these two, two and a half, three months, and then you're going to be right back in ball. When you're training, it's like I'm training, 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 working out, working out, working out. Okay, and now I'm just waiting for my opportunity. When is my opportunity going to come? Um, so it's a, it's a little bit longer process, and it could be stressful um, because when you leave college, it's not guaranteed anymore. And that was, that's one of the things that's, – that's something that I try to pass down to, you know, even the guys in high school, but got, even my teammates. When I was fresh out, I'm like, bro, don't take this opportunity for granted because when it's gone, it's gone. Like, you, you won't be able to get it back. But you stayed busy, and you were able to get some time in the spring league. What was it like being in, in a league like that where you're still on TV and you're still playing some pretty competitive, really competitive football? It was fun. I mean, I did it because I wanted to get filmed. Like, every every all the scouts said they hadn't seen me. They they knew I was a good ball player, but they hadn't seen me play actual receiver at a high level or at a level to where they can really, I guess, grade it. But um, it was fun. I, I was able to go out there and showcase my ability. I was able to catch punts, something that I had done my freshman year in college, something I had done in high school. 
Uh, I was able to play slot receiver. I was able to just enjoy myself and have fun out there. So I really enjoyed being out there, being being in a league with a lot more competitive guys, guys that played some more big-time football. So it was, it was definitely a good time. Absolutely. And now let's kind of focus more towards what are you doing, you know, right now. I know we talked a little off camera about your new plans, but, you know, how's – your um, transition, you've kind of transitioned into the coaching side of things. Yeah. So, I mean, hanging, hanging them up necessarily was kind of tough. Like that transition from all you ever know was playing ball to trying to decide what you're going to do next is always a tough transition. If anybody tells you any different, they're telling you a lot. Um, so that transition is, that transition is definitely tough. So, I figured I'd want to do something that was going to keep me close to football. So what I did was I was like, you know what? I want to do something that give back to this area, the Columbus area, give back to my own personal community. And so I started a nonprofit 707 organization, which is, I guess you could say how I kind of got my coaching stint, but uh, I started that. And the next thing you know, um, through some connections that I had from college uh, with the podcast that I worked, uh, worked on not a podcast, but I worked with 680 the fan, um, an internship that I had my senior year guy that I worked with there. He hit me up. He's like, Hey, you know, Alfred is looking for a receiver coach. Um, you know, I could put you in contact with the head coach. He just came from Hoover, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yeah, put me in contact with him. I would love to hear what he's talking about. Talk to him. He's like, man, yeah, we're looking for offense coordinator receiver coach. I was like, coach, I would, I would love to, you know, let me come up and see what you guys are working with. Um, and then we can go from there. Came up, enjoyed the atmosphere. The coach was great. I mean, what he's trying to build here is phenomenal. So I, I took the position. So that's what I'm up to right now. Um, I'm coaching up at Alfreda High. Um, still have my 707 organization. That'll get started back up in probably late December, early January. So um, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Coach TQ, Jack. I love it, man. Uh, so what's it like being on, you know, You've been, you know, the one being coached for so long. What's it like finally, you know, imparting your wisdom into the next generation of players? I love it, man. Just being able to be around the kids. I feel like I can relate to them. They feel like they can relate to me since we're so close in age. Um, but I coach hard. I mean, mm. if you talk to anybody that I've coached, they'll tell you. Uh, it's it's when, we, when we're outside the lines, it can be all fun and games and we could joke around. But when we're between the lines, it's all business. Because at the end of the day, when you leave high school, this game is a business. So if that's what you're trying to go, I can help you do everything in your power to get there. I'm going to give you all the knowledge you need to know. Well, all the knowledge that I know I'm going to give you. And then plus some, if you if you have a question, I'll be able to answer or I can find someone who can give you the answer. But um, I love, man, I love pouring into the kids. I love giving back to them because I've already been to where they're trying to go. So I know what it takes to get there. I know what it takes to stay there. I know what it takes to be able to play at a high level. So, you know, I just try to instill in them like, hey, I'm I'm just trying to help you. I'm I'm just I'm just an extra tool that, you know, I'm trying to give you a tool that you can put in your toolbox. So um, at the end of the day, it's up to you whether you want to take it or not. I can't force you to take it. But if you want to take it, then all power to you, because I'm not giving you any information that's going to harm you. I'm just trying to give you information that's going to do nothing but help you. That sounds like the coach you want to play for. Exactly. Yeah. Now, co uh, now, coach, so uh, do you have any tendencies that you, as a coach, are, are, are imparting in your coaching method that 
you notice were like things that other coaches, your high school coaches, or even Paul Johnson did with you that you're wanting to impart into your, into your coaching style? Um, I would probably say so, but I mean, like when you get to college, you only really deal with one coach and that's your position coach. So I would say his coaching style is probably a little bit different, different than mine. Like I'm chill and laid back, mm. but man, I'm really energetic. And I feel like being energetic, it leads to the energy translating to the kids and the kids, you know what I'm saying? Going out there and playing the best of their ability. I'm all about, you know, putting the kids in the best position to perform. Um, so that's what I try to do, but my energy is always going to be up. And, and I think that that helps the kids out a lot and it makes them want to play for you. How excited are you for that first Friday night as a coach? Oh man, it's going to be awesome. It's, I'm probably going to have some chills. I'm still going to get the same old butterflies. I got them when I was coaching seven on seven and we played in big games, still got the same old butterflies and I didn't play not one down. <laughs> I just was coaching, <laughs> but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And it's also going to be a little different because I'm, I'm used to Friday night lights back at Harris County. So it's going to be different being in a different atmosphere, being around a different group of people, but I am looking forward to it because I love the people that I'm around. I love the kids that I'm coaching. Um, and, and it's, so it's going to be interesting and it's seven, eight football. So, it's a lot different than five eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question: is that you're going up there and you're playing seven eight ball with some, you know, with some of the blue bloods of high school football in the state of Georgia, man. You know, how much are you looking forward to, you know, taking on some of the biggest names in the state? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of surprises this year. I mean, what what Coach Jason Curvin is building up here at Alfreda is something really special. Like I said, he came from Hoover, so he came from a place that knows how to win, and, and they do it the right way. So that's what he's trying to build up here at Alfreda. And I think with him coming in last year, what he was able to do with a COVID season and no off season, I mean, that's pretty special. Even you know, you go to the playoffs. Um, I know the year he got there, they didn't score. They scored zero points against three. Uh, seven, eight teams in the region, and then the next year you come in and you're ba- basically averaging almost 21 points a game. Um, that's that's something special. So uh, it's only going to go up from here. Incredible. Well, we, we wish you nothing but the best now. I mean, heading into this new phase of your career, but um, to be able to, you know, I, I'm sure that you're going to bring back that competitive fire, whether it be 1A or 7A football. Are, are, for these kids who were like, maybe it's their first varsity year, is it? Do you realize with them, like, how excited they are, maybe help them guide their energy the right way? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of uh, – we have we have a lot of younger guys on the team, and some of those guys have played a little varsity ball. Some of them haven't. But I just try to, you know, prepare them the best way I can because at the end of the day, ball is going to be ball. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like I, I, I tell guys, like, some, some freshmen are able to come in and play right away. That's how it is. It's how it is in high school. It's how it is in college. Some freshmen are able to come in and play right away. Some aren't. Some have to have that transition year to where they can really learn and really can grow their bodies. And then that next year, they can really start to become who they want to become. So I just try to remind those guys that, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, It's not all going to happen at one time, even if you want it to. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be patient. And when your time comes, just be ready. So, Taquan, as you enter this next phase of your career, is high school is where you want to stay at, or you think this is some, you know, kind of just a starting point for something that could be much, much bigger? I definitely think it's a starting point. Ultimately, I would love to coach in college, because, mm. um, I mean, I feel like that's that's where I want to be. But I mean, who knows? 
I could say that right now. And then a couple years down the line, I could say, you know what? I love high school. Um, I want to stay in this level. But as of right now, I like being at the high school level because I know how to help kids with recruiting. I've been in the recruiting process. I can tell them what to look for. I can tell them what to do, what, uh, what not to do. Um, so it's a little bit of an advantage you know, being in the position I'm in and have played at, up at a power five school and got recruited um, kind of heavily. So um, I like that sense of it. And, of course, I have a couple of – oh, I didn't mean to do that. I have a couple of uh, – I have some connections um, at the college level so I can help a lot of those guys get put in the right position to be seen by these college coaches. Why Why still do the seven-on-seven seven thing? You touched on that a little bit, but you, you wanted to come back home and help out your hometown. You didn't have to, but how important was that for you to do that? Oh, super important because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of guys in our area that go under, they, like they get unnoticed just because there's a lot of big football around us. There is. We're a small, we're a small area, but there's a lot of talent where we're at, and I feel like we don't have, a lot of times some of these kids aren't getting the, exposure that they really deserve so I feel like it was my job to come back home start something where I can get the best of the best kids who really want to showcase their ability and their talent put them in a position to be able to do that and we were able to do that this year in 707 I mean with we competed with some of the best you know you always hear about Cam Newton's um Cam Newton 707 national team we played against them even though we lost to him in in the semifinals at his personal tournament we should have won the game. We had an opportunity to win the game. You know, sometimes, you know, when your name's attached to the tournament, you know, some things don't go your way. But it is what it is. We we stood we we could have won the game, but we played played well then. Then we go down, get a bid to NFA Nationals, the seven oh seven national championship, go down there, rank two oh six or two oh four in the country, play the number two team, beat them, beat them like thirty something to sixteen, and then we finished top ten. We we place finishing the top ten teams in a tournament out of twenty nine, and we go from two hundred four ranked to fifty fourth ranked in one season, and that's the first season. So that just right there goes to show you, you know, what I'm saying that there's talent in the area, but we just I I I felt like it was my job, and I had an opportunity to be able to showcase or put these guys in position to showcase their ability and also mentor them and help them guys out in any way that they need. So my 707 organization is something that was just started last year, but I'm looking to grow it um, over the next couple of years. And hopefully, you know, um, if I'm not able to be around it, if I move up in the ranks coaching wise, that I can pass it along to someone who will be able to, you know, keep that afloat. What was it like when they took down the number two team in the nation? I mean, that I would have been jumping up and down on the sidelines going crazy. It was crazy. I mean, you know, you try not to look at those those things, but, of course, you see it. It's in the media. But, you know, I just tell those guys, look, if y'all come out and play the way you're able to play, the way you know how to play, play together as a team, and you have fun doing it, everything else is going to take care of itself. And that's exactly what happened. We went out. We were hitting on all cylinders. Everybody was having fun. Defense was getting stops, hitting backflips. I mean, that that's what you want. And when you do that, you get success with it. Well, we're getting close to wrapping this up, but one more question for you here. Um, when you champion kids like that from your area and you see their confidence grow, what is that like for you to see? It's lovely. Um, that's what you That's what you want to see. You want those guys to have the same confidence that I have. 
Like I had a lot of confidence. So I want those guys to have that same confidence. And that's what I try to, I try to instill in those guys and I try to coach them hard. I tell them all the time, I'm like, look, if I was you guys, the way I'm coaching you, I would want someone to coach me that same way. I said, if they weren't coaching me that same way, then I don't know if I'll be able to take them seriously. So that's the way I kind of look at it. From Harris County to record-setting quarterback to now off to an incredible coaching career, Jack. Another inspirational guest here on the On Your Sidelines podcast, huh? Yeah, man, 10 for 10. We're 10 for 10. (laughs) It's been incredible. Uh, Taquan, we really appreciate your time. Uh, If you just hang with us, we're going to start to wrap this show up. Dylan? But hold oh, on. Wait, wait, wait. We got one big question, Jack. I'm pulling what you normally pull, Rex. <laughs> we know I know you normally try to skip this. So I know. Rex, tell the man what we need him to do. So, Coach Marshall, we usually have this last question with the caveat that we need your help with it. Who would you okay. like to see on the On Your Sidelines podcast? And we need your help getting this person. Who would I like to see? Okay, tell me this. Who all have you guys gotten? Uh we have done uh, Scott Brand, right. who is with the um, River, River Dragons. Dragons, the hockey team here. We've done Mark Immelman, the CSU golf coach. We've done Corey Black, the Pacelli coach. We've done Tim Fanning, the Glenwood coach. We've done Ryan Bliss, who just got drafted. Yeah, we did Ryan Bliss. Uh, uh, dude, ooh, gosh. Ooh, wow, we've had a... We're, we're losing track. Are we losing track? Uh, J. Crew. J. Crew. Mason Espinosa. Right, with the, with the Lions. Um, I think... Coach okay. Marshall, of course. Yeah, I think I think that's everybody. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let me see. I want to I wanna try to get, um, I would say, more a local person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, it, I think it would be cool, personally, to... For for everyone to hear this guy's story, Jonathan Kier's story, that that's is a, a great cool. one. That's a good one. That's a great. That's one. a great one. He's doing really good things feel, with Impact RX too. I I feel like um you know I know how Jonathan was, but I would I would love for his him to 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 put his story out there of how he came became who he is today. So I if if it's if it, if you guys are asking me, that's that's who I think the next guest should be. That's not a bad recommendation. That's that, not that's, a bad that's a, one that's, at all. Hey, man, we're just getting an all-star lineup. But, Taquan, thank you so much for, Appreciate for, you, man. for joining us. We're going to wrap this up here. But, uh, Dylan, so this is where people can find us. You can find this podcast right here on WRBL.com. We're here every other Tuesday at 3 p.m. But we're eventually, we're getting on all your favorite podcasts. We are getting close We're getting there. Paperwork's in Spotify, Audible, and Apple Podcasts. But, Jack, until then, they can also follow us on social media. Yes, sir. You can follow Rex at Rex Castillo TV on Twitter, myself at Jay Patterson TV. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, WRBL Rex Castillo, WRBL Jack Patterson. Of course, follow the News 3 Sports pages at WRBL Sports on Twitter, WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook, Rex, take us home, my good brother. Oh, my gosh. What another incredible moment, uh, a conversation from Taquan Marshall, who is now Coach Marshall. Again, when you trust the process, put in the work, amazing things happen. You just happen to break records at, you know, one of the signature schools in college football. Jack, another inspirational conversation, right? Absolutely. Uh, We've seen, we've literally seen Taquan Marshall grow in front of our eyes from his days being in the top plays on the prep zone to setting records at Georgia Tech and to now impacting kids' lives all across the state of Georgia is an absolutely incredible story. Alpharetta High, you are blessed to have a man like that on your Amen sidelines. And speaking of on your sidelines, we'll see you guys for the next episode with a great recommendation from Coach Marshall. See you guys next time. Two more weeks. We'll catch you later.